Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I am here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And Pastor Todd. Hello. Glad that we can be back. Uh, didn't do the last couple of weeks, but we got a lot of great stuff to talk about. But I did want to ask, actually, um, Fine Arts was this weekend, right, Pastor Jamal? Uh, yes, Fine Arts was this past weekend. Did you go? Did you I did. Well, I didn't take a group, but um, one of our students, Leah Palisano, she... Um, she went for musical theater senior solo so uh and she did advance so she ended up getting the invitation to to national so we'll see nice. what happens you know whether or not they decide to um as a family maybe take a trip to disney um or whatever might be the i know that Lonnie had mentioned that joe had mentioned to her yeah i think it'd be cool to take a trip as a family to a place like a disney and i think those type of environments are just not pastor bonnie's wave like that's not her oh, okay like kind of vibe i think she's much more content to just be like hey let's grab a cabin somewhere and, and relax you know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah so um but now that leah's advanced you know it could be an opportunity i'm just saying yeah and i so, mean an op- leah, great opportunity to uh hit up galaxy's edge as well so shoot your shot over. leah is your time Nice, yeah, and I was at uh, Novation on Wednesday, actually. This is my first time, like, sitting through a whole Wednesday night in youth. Like, I usually stop in after and stuff, so mm-hmm. that was fun. That was yeah, a lot no. of fun being with the um, students and stuff. No, yeah, and they and they responded well. They responded well to you. So, again, appreciate you coming through and, you know, um, preaching. And nice, um, yeah. I think the students, you know, they uh, connected well with the, with the lesson, and, and I think the, the visual was also big for them. Um, I took pictures. I forgot to post it on the Instagram, but I'll, I'll post them. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll post them eventually. But um, but it was just cool seeing their different you know um, takes on it. And then, then when we were looking about the talking about the negatives, like you know things that make a youth group unwelcoming. Um, I saw somebody had, didn't have a piece of paper, so they went to the bathroom, grabbed a paper towel, and wrote <laughs> ignorance on it, and, st- and you know put it on the wall. They really <laughs> wanted great. to get that out. They whoever 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 put that on the wall definitely was feeling some type of way that they are not a fan of ignorance so maybe they felt that someone was ignorant towards them and maybe not passing a piece of paper no so maybe they needed to yes you ignored me to post the <laughs> ignorance of this place did not give me a piece of paper to participate <laughs> in this object lesson it was fun it was definitely like jimmy was like going back to your roots matt i'm like oh man like rebecca mm-hmm. rebecca came out, i was like yo this is just like everything mm-hmm. i'm like oh my gosh this is what we do like mm-hmm. so it was pretty fun but uh yeah, Pastor Todd, I saw too. Well, obviously, so the Anchored Summer Bible Camp is coming up as well. So yep. it's exciting to have that actually, you know, ha- function this year. So. Yeah, and it's going to be a little different than what we've done in the past. Uh, we're going to try to break the groups up a little bit more. So we'll do like, <clears throat> it, it's going to be actually two nights total, but we're doing four nights plus the Sunday uh, because we're doing one group one night, uh, doing a younger group monday older group tuesday younger group wednesday older group thursday uh so hopefully actually i think what's good about that is it offers um a little bit more space since we're trying to get stuff restarted but it also offers an opportunity to really be fresh and concentrate on just having like two lessons really really down two messages two points instead of trying to have four throughout the week and we brush up on each one but uh, so hopefully it'll uh, it'll be a nice little change and it'll get us that much closer to normalcy.
Well, let's talk about the Sunday series, actually, that we're in. Being we haven't, I don't think we've done one for the good work yet. So it's been a great Sunday series, great Sunday sermon, uh, reading through the book of Nehemiah. So you know we don't have to go through every point of the last three weeks, but there's been a couple good, I think, discussion points that we could hit up. So one of the first ones actually being, you know, the kind of the theme verse for the series has been Ephesians 2.10. And Pastor Jeff talked about that word uh, for we are God's workmanship or, uh, you know, his masterpiece, depends you know, what your translation is, his handiwork. But it comes from that Greek word poema, poema, which is where we get the word poem, but that, you know, you've been intentionally created, masterfully created. And I think he even, I don't remember if he said in the sermon or not, but I remember he was saying something about like even being refurbished, that idea of being stained with sin. So now you're God's masterpiece, like you've been refurbished. Um, so kind of a cool thought. So, you know, Pastor Jamal, you and I were, were talking a little bit as well about, you know, just this verse. I don't know what you feel like you want to add, but kind of, um, I guess, like if you're listening, it's not that you can just take this and run, right? That it's like, Oh, so like I'm God's, I'm God's workmanship. I'm God's handiwork. Like so, a- anything I put my mind to, I will just accomplish it. Like how that probably is not the right attitude, or that's right. not what's being conveyed in that verse. Right. Yeah, I just think about that passage, and um, you know, as well, I'm also thinking a little bit more of, of the context of the entire letter of Ephesians, and what Paul is trying to communicate, and. Uh, just thinking to myself, like, oh, how does how does Christ play into you know the story of what of Nehemiah, which is you know a great story, um, but how does Christ play into the overarching story of man's restoration, and then the um, specific story of you know my restoration? How does the the, the work of Christ Jesus play into um, you know um, this idea of a poem, or you know the good work that I am you know that he calls me to be you know how do those ideas kind of come together and so um i guess it's more of a question i guess probably better suited for you know yourself um since you're you know you you preached week two of the series so um maybe you have a greater context for that but um you know i think that when we look at scripture we should be looking at how christ specifically plays into um you know, our story, how does the the work of the cross, the blood of Jesus Christ and his, you know, imminent return, how do these things all play into, you know, my everyday story um, to be, uh, you know, to walk in this, you know, I guess, workmanship that I'm called to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, or right, like in that context, Paul's talking about the depravity of our sin where we were without Christ and then how he saved us. It's a gift of grace, not something that you can boast about for we've been creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which he, you know, created beforehand for us to walk in. And so I think what you see in the story of Nehemiah, I think how this works is like in Nehemiah, again, it isn't just anything he put his mind to, um, you know, it was a God ordained passion. It was something that God dropped in his heart. And so now God's able to empower him to walk in this. And so when we think of, Christ and what Paul's saying there in Ephesians talking about really like yeah in your own sin I mean you can't do anything like there's nothing you can do and that's the 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 still even the daily struggle that we have in our sin and so 
I think probably what I would add to mine in, in reflection, even when I think of my own, because my sermon, like the angle was kind of like, oh, how do you make a difference, right? So it's like, do these things, you know, seek God, you know, uh, define division, different things. But I think what the Ephesians verse is pointing out, it's not just like, oh, hey, you're really special because God made you. So anything you do, follow these four steps and you'll just do it with success now. It's that, no, it's um, when you're doing it in Christ, when you're following, you know, Christ's will for you, that's what empowers you. It's, it's um, again, it's not just like anything that you put your mind to. And, and in my own ability, in my own strength, I actually can't accomplish this work. It is overwhelming. It's beyond me. But when I've submitted myself to God, I'm following his passion. I'm now I'm starting to walk in what Christ has actually made me for. Um, my sin isn't overcoming me anymore because it's God's spirit that's empowering me to do it. So I think that's like what I would add as like a way to tie that in mm-hmm. probably a little bit more clearly. Yeah. And what would you say is the good work that God has called us to do as believers? I mean, this is and you can uh, answer yeah, too, Pastor Todd. I don't want to make it seem like... Well, you know, when I think about that passage of scripture, you know, created to do good works. Okay, well, what what are those good works? You know, that at least I'm I'm just taking it as face value as like a reader or like, you know, somebody who's like I show up to church. You guys are talking about the good work. Okay, well, what is this good work that I'm supposed to do? I mean, I think ultimately <clears throat> the good work has to come down to eternal things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the good work we've been called to do is to spread the gospel. Uh, and to love God, love others, and the way we express that love of others is um, is true spreading the gospel, seeing lives change th- because of the gospel. Not necessarily just, hey, it's a good work that I'm now successful running a business. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not yes. that. Not that that's wrong, but that's not necessarily what this verse is talking about. This verse isn't talking about you becoming this incredible artist or a, a great musician. It's talking about uh, the good work of of sharing eternal things so that others may know Christ. That's really good. Eternal things. I really like that. Yeah, I think, yeah, in my mind, I guess just if I'm like blitzed at it, you know, it simply comes down to, yeah, the fruit of the kingdom. You know, like those, that's the good work, I believe, you know, and I think that it is different for each person, just like there are different, um, types of fruit, right? You, you don't. I don't expect to get pineapples from an from an apple tree, right? So, like you know, the different fruits of the kingdom can be expressed, um, you know, specifically from each person the way God has crafted you. That, that that's the way I kind of almost interpret like a lot of what he's saying there. <coughs> Excuse me. Like I know that <coughs> I'm supposed to. Let's say that you're naturally a joyful person. You know, I believe that, you know, that God has crafted you that way, that you're a happy person, that wherever you go, there is joy. And so when you come into the kingdom uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, now there's not just joy, but there's an abundance of joy in your life. And that Mm -hmm. fruit from your life is a is a lane uh, towards the gospel and a lane towards the kingdom. And I think that I'm not saying that you are confined to one fruit. But I'm saying that I think that some people um, bear some, you know, particular types of fruit. Some people bear a different type of fruit, but then some people can bear multiple types of fruit. And I think that some of that comes from just 
time and growth. Like you start in a place of joy, then you learn contentment, then you learn, um, you know, then you learn faithfulness and you learn, you know, so like you can, you can add these different things to, you know, your being, or let me rephrase that. The Holy Spirit can grow these things in you. That's probably the better way to say that, right? The Holy Spirit can grow these things in you uh, to be part of the good work. I think that the good work of the kingdom has always been happening, right? Since the beginning of, of time, since God said, let there be light. And for us as believers, we get to step into that good work. And, and you know, I don't want to get too far ahead, but, you know, I think what you map out in your message in week two is the how-to of that vision, I believe. And so, yeah. you know, I think when we look at this verse, I'm like, yeah, that, that's that's what I believe that I think Paul's trying to communicate how, you know, and obviously the death of Jesus Christ makes way for that transformation. Without his sacrifice, there's, you know, without his sacrifice, we're just producing counterfeit versions of those fruit. Uh, but with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, it becomes real. And that's, you know, I just love now I'm in my as I'm thinking when Paul is writing in Ephesians, he's like, these things are in him like he's making it known that these things are present right now. And I just, you know, wonder if, you know, believe believers around the world, if we really truly believe that we had access to um, cultivate that fruit right now, real time in our lives, how much more focus would we put into the good work as opposed to um, works that we think are good, but are really not. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. And and I think, when I think of answering your question specifically, what is the good work? Um, and actually, I like what you just how you just said that right now too. Not just work that we think is good, but I think uh, two answers. One, the the crux of the series, I think, and when you look at Nehemiah's life, is we are kind of saying, hey, what's the good work in your life? Like, what's God calling you to on a personal level? Like something unique, which uh, I'll come back to in a sec. But in a universal sense, yeah, it's it's eternal. It's about the fruit of the kingdom. I would add this, you know, th- we talk about the fivefold function of the church. It's right. It's to worship God, evangelize, disciple, fellowship, and to do ministry. And so when I think of the good work or eternal things or building the kingdom, I think it could probably be summed up in those five things. We should be worshiping God. We need to be spreading the gospel, evangelizing, telling others. We need to be discipling. We need to be doing the work like ministry, meeting needs, like all these things are uh, part of the good work. So that's like universal. So this this always applies to everyone, no matter where you are as a Christian, the good work applies to you. But um, that actually would transition to what I also wanted to ask you guys, because again, I do think, especially my week, at least I felt that I was really trying to hone in on like, hey, you know, if God puts something on your heart here, yeah, here's the how to, here's how to walk that out a little mm-hmm. bit more. And I loved, I asked both of you guys, um, you know, about uh, when I talked about defining the vision clearly, I asked you guys, hey, can you define the burden in your heart? How would you describe your burden for teenagers? How would you describe your burden for kids? And I also didn't want to pigeonhole you guys either that, oh, well, that's all you are, by the way. That's the only burden you have. That's not true, of course. But I wanted to ask you this as a follow-up to the sermon because... I loved both of your guys' answers, like, really so much. And you guys just said it so well, and, it, and your heart was so clear. And based off some other conversations we've been having, too, just about, you know, ministry and God's call and, like, discovering God's will, whatever. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you, how how did you discover that in your life? Or, like, how did you begin to put it to words? And I'm asking that because Pastor Jamal, 
uh, sometime recently when we were talking, you s- had mentioned like you were like uh, when you went to college, you know, you said you said, hey, I don't know if I could put into words everything that God called me to. Right. But I knew God called me. Right, and right. I thought that was really valuable that you said that. But then now, fast forward to when I was like, hey, how can you describe your burden for teenagers? You were like, boom, just said it so clear. Yeah. And I loved it. So I wanted to ask both of you guys, like, what did that look like for you to help to further identify that burden or, you know, that that clear vision? What was that process like? And and, you know, is it still ongoing even, you know? Um, <clears throat> so. I would say it started out basically from like you're a believer, you should be involved in doing things for God <laughs> for for myself, you know. Like sometimes sometimes there's a mentality that ministry is for pastors, but it actually is for every believer. So as a teenager, I looked for ways to get involved in my church because that's what believers are supposed to do. <laughs> you right. know. So uh, it started out with that. It started out with me volunteering to teach uh, Sunday school when I was in high school. Uh, I taught Sunday school. I uh, it evolved into um, helping out because my parents always did our, our VBS program at our, well, not always, but many years did the VBS program at our church uh, and, and helping and, and getting involved in that way. Uh, um, I remember very specifically at a youth retreat uh, that we were doing ourselves. Um, I had volunteered to bring the devotions one night, and it was during that devotion I felt like called that this is what God had for me was to to be doing those mm. types of things with people. Um, but it's evolved. I, I went to college, you know, did my best to be involved. I was involved in a lot of different areas from prison ministry to doing kids ministry, to uh, doing mime, doing doing a lot of different things. And I, and I think some of those things help hone in what you're called to do, what you're not called to do. I, I, think, I think experimenting kind of with the calling of God is okay. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I first went to college, I joined a, an improv team, but then I realized that I'm not that funny uh, for improv. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even try. <laughs> so just, no. But like, but but like testing the waters out and 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 seeing and being involved in different things. You know, uh, in my high school youth group, I I played um, I played guitar because we didn't have a worship team. So me and my friends started learning how to play instruments uh, besides drums. I could play drums, but nobody can really just sing worship songs to drums by themselves. So, uh, or it's just. Not quite the same. <clears throat> so just experimenting with these things, you know, trying out different areas. Uh, um, I was part of a Spanish ministry for a while where they did all the speaking in Spanish, and I was one of the actors or whatever. But it was just odd. But, um, <laughs> but like, basically just finding different ways to get involved. And through those things, I discovered what areas I was really gifted at and not. And, and even that has continued to grow. I started out to here at the church doing youth ministry. And um, learning about youth ministry is different than doing youth ministry. And um, I clicked better with kids uh, for lots of different reasons. Um, so, you know, doing ministry with kids uh, grew into that. And then even even with um, how God has worked in, in me through... <clears throat> 
um, different difficult things in my life bring me to the place where like, okay, growing from kids to, to how can we do ministry to others through, through like counseling and helping people to, to grow in those ways. So, um, not that that means I'm moving like kids is no longer on the thing, you know, uh, wait and see what God has in the future for those things, you know? So ultimately, uh, for myself, it was like one step at a time, yeah. one moment by a time. Uh, I don't, I don't, didn't see the end and I still don't see the end from the beginning. You, you know what I mean? It's just one step, one moment. Here's a door that opened, take it, you know, and, and see where it goes. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. I think that, uh, for myself, it was just a matter of, you know, I think um, in the beginning when I first got called into youth ministry, I was just like, whoa, like, OK, uh, I don't I don't know what that means. But I guess the next step is to, I guess, go to Bible college. So my youth pastor and my pastor at the time, my senior pastor at the time, they basically were like, you need to go to CBC. So that was, you know, so shout out to CBC. If you're a CBC alumni, I represent for you. Um, so, yeah, I ended up going to CBC for that time. And while I was there, I think seeing seeing all these people called into ministry and seeing them have such, I guess, a clear vision of what they wanted, uh, I think kind of challenged me a little bit to think about what does this mean for me? What am I really looking for? Um, and I think, you know, at one point it was like, I just want to be the best youth pastor in the world and, you know, really super idealistic. Uh, and then I think, you know, being able to come here and step into youth ministry um, and start to kind of bump into some of the um, the real some of the real struggles uh, that teenagers go through that, you know, weren't necessarily my struggles. It started to kind of formulate in my mind, like, okay, there's got to be like a deep core um, principle here that I'm searching for that, you know, I'm going to have a, that I need as a constant. And so, um, you know, that's just kind of, I think where that kind of came from. And then I think what connected it or solidified it was having a moment um um, I still keep like a journal um, that I used to write when I was like 16 years old. I still keep it in my desk. And so sometimes I'll just look at it and remember, oh, yeah, that's right. That's who this kid was, you know, at this time. Wow, yeah. And so like it connects me with like what, oh, yeah, these these are the things that they care about in this moment. And I'm now being now on this end, like what do I want them to see? What do I want them to accomplish? What is the thread there? And that's kind of where that came from. So then I was like, you know what? I think ultimately what I want for every student, and I think it started to morph into not just what I want, but what do their parents want? You know, like, because I think once you get to a level of youth ministry, you have to, I think at the beginning you think, ah, oh, fun, yay, games, laser tag. But then there has to be a shift where you say, okay, how can I equip parents too? Because they're also, parents are actually also in youth ministry. Like you're, I have them for an hour, they have them for, <laughs> you know, um, 50 plus, you know, like hours at home. And so they're also involved. And so and I was like, well, what do we both want? And and I think what we both want, myself and parents, is we want students to discover and then live out their God-given potential. And it's very, in my mind, it's strategic, the sense that it's God-given potential, you know, because it's something that God has gifted them with uniquely for a purpose. So it's not something that he's like, ah, you know what, you get to this because that's what I randomly want you to have. No, he's given you these gifts because he has a specific 
role, a specific journey for your life. And so when we get students to lock into that, um, I think when they're living their true self, their God-given self, they grow, they grow closer to God. They live in their God-given purpose. Um, and to me, those things testify of, of God uh, and his goodness. And so ultimately, that's what I think we want as a youth ministry. I think that's what parents want. Because that's what, I mean, at the end of the day, parents are like, you know, if they're putting their son on punishment or, you know, taking their phone away from their daughter, you know, it's not because they want to be cruel parents. It's because they know the potential that their daughter and their son have. And so they're trying to help them know, do you see your potential? I want you to walk this way in your potential and who God has called you to be. So that's kind of yeah. been where we've kind of come from. Yeah. And what I love about, you know, what both of you guys are saying and you have said, too, is it, it really is how much you care about others. Like in even a little bit what you were saying, I guess, at least the way I feel, you know, when it comes to that like ministry and call and stuff it's like it is it does feel a little more about you in the beginning and i think in some ways that's okay because you're discovering yourself and oh, if you're called to ministry like well that means you know preaching right that means being on the stage that means you know knowing the bible so so it is about you and and i guess i think in college you learn the how-tos well how do you preach you know how do you exegete the bible like you, you learn those how-tos so that now when you're functioning in that call it's not about you actually so you, you know how to preach because it's not about me preaching it's about you know people understanding the scriptures and applying it to their life and so i like i just feel like i was hearing that in what you were just saying pastor jamal and then also um from what you shared pastor todd as well like that you know you want to see the kids you want to see kids um know that god loves them where they are and find their place in the body of christ and same thing. You want students to discover their potential. You're not like, uh, I want students to listen to me, you know, like, and, and just follow everything I do. Like, no, I want students to discover what God has for them. And like, that's just like, that's really cool just to hear both of you guys. I feel like that's, that's what makes it clear, you know? And I think too, what pass one thing you said, Pastor Todd, that uh, maybe I have not been able to, I, maybe I just have never really noticed, but it is, yours sounded more like a, it sounds like an evolution right like it's a right it starts in one place and it evolves and continues to evolve like you said you know i don't see the end from the beginning but you're trusting that god is going to continue to grow it almost like origami right like when you unfold or origami you're like oh look at how many layers is really in this you know piece of artwork oh look at that see how i brought that back to the passage oh come on <laughs> but look how look how many lasers in this artwork of origami that now as it unfolds like wow like you go i didn't know that this was here i didn't know that you did that. like and so I, I like that too because i think sometimes that's what most people who aren't quote-unquote a pat they're not pastors you know their mindset is like well it has to be this and it has to look like this and it must be this and there's a very real like oh you know what it's it's ever evolving you know it starts here and then moves to this place like you know um you know I, and i just think of like maybe like a paul you know who started out as you know a teacher of the law and then ended, ended up being you know um a missionary to the gentiles so like i just i don't know think of it in that way i think one of the things that <clears throat> is good about when we have missionaries come and you listen to their storing story of how they were called to missions and how they ended up on the missions field and even what country they end up in. Like a lot of times it's not like it's not like a direct path. You know, for, for a lot of the missionaries it's 
Sometimes they were called as a kid. Sometimes they were called old, old, you know, older as adults. But and it's not always well. I was called to this specific country when I was eight years old. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's. I was, I was called to do missions, and I didn't even know what that meant. And and as you step through each open door, it seemed like God clarifies the next piece. Like, okay, here's an opportunity. Take it. And then after that, another opportunity. So. I guess my thing is, is like, it can be very different how uh, some people talk about their salvation. It's a specific point in time where they came to know Jesus is Lord. And then other people have a bunch of little teeny tiny points and they can't say which one of those was the moment they got saved because it was this stepping through this, stepping through that. And then it, it evolved, you know, like you said. So, so I think for each of us, it's different. Yeah. God deals with each of us uniquely. And I think um, if you're struggling with no one, like, well, what has God created me to do? Well, I think the thing is you just take take a step through the door that opens in front of you. You know, if it's an opportunity to teach Sunday school, teach it. If it's an opportunity to, to be a greeter, be a greeter. Uh, if it's an opportunity to take a Bible class here or there or something, you know, be a yeah. part of that or to lead a small group or to help lead a small group, be an assistant or whatever. Cause I think all those things open up the door of what could be next that maybe you'd never even think about getting to if you were jumping from the beginning right to the end, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I feel like that's how it's also unfolded in my life. It's been about opportunities, you know, and just take the opportunity and right. God kind of lines up the next thing. And I feel like, you know, doing is always better than talking, you know, like, and, and that's what Ephesians says. Anyway, make the most of every opportunity, live like those who are wise. It's like one of my favorite verses now. It's like, just take advantage of the opportunity and submit it to God. And then he'll, he'll make it clear. And like you said, it may even be like, oh, you know what? I did that. And, and I don't I'm not like it. <laughs> I'm not gifted at that. <laughs> that's not my thing. And but that's okay too. You know, from, and that's okay too. From taking that opportunity and, and God, a lot of times will, will open the next one. So, I feel that a lot of times that is how it works, but right, right, it isn't like one way for everybody. Or right, and and there are definitely people who, in the moment, feel called and they yes, know exactly yes. what they're called to. Yes, and and there's value in that. I, I I just think if we try to compare though the way you were called to the way I was called, then it'd be like, well, I wasn't called like that. Maybe my thing isn't real, or they weren't called like yeah. I was called, so therefore it's not real. Like that's when we get into traps, and 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 I think comparison is never is never good for anybody. So, um, so yeah. Well, uh, let's see, I kind of got um, I guess two more thoughts we can do, two kind of two more big ones. Um, I'll just go down the line here. What we have, so you know, along with that, you know talking about uh the burden god has given you trying to define that clearly and you guys sharing the process in your life you know really cool to hear that i did want to ask this um because you know from from my the week that i did talked about defining the vision making plans carefully and then how you know uh it doesn't always go according to plan actually basically never does never 100 percent perfect but a lot of times you know we we can get hung up because we're like well it's not perfect i don't have it totally done but I don't know if you had an example. Like I do actually have one that I, I was thinking of. But I don't know if you have an example or a story or something that of like a time when, hey, the plan wasn't perfect. You didn't have it 100% figured out, but you got the ball roll, uh, rolling or 
or whatever. You know, an obstacle came. It, you did have it figured out, but then something came up. But hey, like, you know, God was able to move it anyway. Like, it's a good thing I still stepped out and we did this, you know, whether it be in the kids ministry, youth ministry, or just in a different area in your life. Do you have an example of um, making a plan and God, you know, you honored God with that plan and he's able to use it even though maybe it wasn't 100% there or went according to plan? Yeah, I don't, I, I can't say that I, so my mind's, my mindset's just a little bit different. Like, I'm just not a planner. That's not my gift. That's not my lane. So I'm more of like, a, uh, this sounds like a good idea. And so I'm like a go with the flow type of dude. So because I'm more of a go with the flow type of dude, I think my ent- my entire life has been a lot of those things. Um, you know, that's And so it's hard for me to say, yeah, I planned this and this, this went like this or this went like this. Because I think even in the moment when things don't go the way that I planned, I'm so accustomed to just being like, all right, we'll do this. Okay. Yeah. That it doesn't, it, 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 I don't, I think it would be hard for me to register it as that because I'm just like, this is a regular day for me. You know, it, what's not a regular day for me is planning. And you could ask Miss Lisa, she'll tell you. Um, like, <laughs> you know, like planning is not the regular thing. So when I do plan and I make it like kind of like, like it has, like in my mind, I, it needs to happen like this. Because I spent so much time trying to plan it and put it together, yeah. so um, so I don't know. I don't know if I can pinpoint a moment um, like that where the plan didn't, you know, didn't go as planned. And I, I don't know. Well, but yeah, I, I guess you said it. Like you, that's maybe you slightly function there as All it the is. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're you're not sitting there like, oh, like it's not perfect. Like like uh, yeah. you kind of understand that it's not perfect. And yeah, just hey, life. we're doing this. Yeah, and then right. like hey, this came up. Yeah, no so problem. oh, I actually do have an example now that you think about. Now that you uh, let this past Friday, we we're supposed to go play ultimate frisbee, Uh-oh. but we didn't have a ton of kids sign up. We just had uh, uh, not enough to to have two teams. So I was like, all right, well then we're just gonna go go putt putt golf and get some ice cream. They were like, all right, and it was it was a great day, man. It was awesome. Nice. They you know got some got them some junk food. I challenged some kids. I was like, yo, if you can beat me. Uh, and this putt-putt golf, I'll pay for whatever you want at Wawa, which, you know, a couple students a couple students did beat me, which is nice. – But it was a close one. They were like they, – their score was – Did 50. you plan on that? or No, I was trying to win, man. I'm competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Try, no, I planned on winning. That's the that's the bummer. Um, yeah, so I, I think it was um, Alex Arthur, Elizabeth Huff, and then um, Kayla Pollock. They, Kayla tied me. But because it's literally her second youth event, like she's brand new to the youth group, went, been to youth group one time. This was her first like event thing. I was like, all right, well, well I guess I'll pay for it. But <clears throat> but then, yeah, Elizabeth beat me and uh, she let me know about it. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Alex beat me. They only beat me by two strokes, though. Like it was 55-57. So uh, let's not get too crazy. But. Yeah. So there you go. Planned and then derailed, but still had a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find with kid ministry, you can have the perfect plan. And once you introduce kids, anything can happen. <laughs> uh, there's been there there have been times where I've had like, this is where I want to go. I have worked out in my head how we're getting there. And then in the middle of a lesson or something, the kid will ask a question. And that's where we go. Yeah. Because sometimes that's more important than the plan, you know. 
like one of the things we talk about uh, it's a little bit different than having the perfect plan but sometimes you have the perfect plan and it, it's actually better when <laughs> god interrupts it you know yeah. um but like one of the things that you know you learn when you're working with kids is that you're not necessarily teaching a lesson you're teaching kids so if a, a good way. if a if if my whole point is just to get through the lesson uh the way that i imagine it but a kid has a need that comes up over here or a question and I don't touch that because I need to get through the lesson. Right. Um, you know, I, I, there's always kids that are going to try to distract you from the lesson, but that's not what I'm talking about. But, uh, and actually just a couple of weeks ago we had, um, we were talking about something in, in kids ministry. I don't remember what it was on, on a Wednesday night with the preteens. And one of the kids had a good question about, uh, I think being about afraid of, of, of death and, and so we just started talking about the rapture and we started talking about those things. And now they want to talk more about the tribulation and the rapture and, and all those things. And, and, uh, but I guess my point being is they had a serious question in the moment that led to a great discussion that was not in my plan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it was going to be funny. I didn't, <laughs> it was a really good point. So never mind. No, but, uh, no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's good. That's really good. I, I love wh- I, what you said. You're not teaching a lesson. You're teaching kids. That's like gold. That's really good. And that helps me because, yeah, I guess, you know, uh, I guess I've loosened up because I am definitely like, this is not what I planned. <laughs> that's definitely my mindset like all the time. So I think I really learned how to u- loosen up from that in youth ministry. Plus, I think I was like figuring out what's what do we do you know i I guess probably once i kind of knew hey this is what youth group looks like that helps me loosen up but the example that i had was you know with worship we didn't have worship on wednesdays for the longest time and i knew that that was um a dimension that was missing from the youth ministry spiritually even you know i can't pastor the kids and just uh, all the layers that come with that but it was tough because we didn't have anyone that could lead worship and I couldn't do it. So it just took a long time, but I was trying to get some students to lead. And then even the senior pastor said, Hey, I can lead with, uh, lead there sometimes if you need me. And so that's just an example to me of like, it, it wasn't a perfect plan. I was stressed out for a while. And then he actually encouraged me. He's like, Matt, like, cause I was like, I'm not a worship leader. Like, how am I going to, he's like, yeah, but you're their pastor. You can encourage them. And it wasn't always like, really amazing i guess but it's a good thing we started doing it even though it wasn't perfect it was like once a month and then a couple times kids canceled and i would try to do like um i was gonna say powwow a group huddle like kind of with everybody in the beginning like hey pastor hey you know you're leading your friends in worship so it was definitely not the way i would have planned it out if i could plan it out perfect but it was great that we moved forward because then kids did start playing worship and then they were leading their friends in worship and it wasn't every single Wednesday, but it was one Wednesday a month, sometimes two. And like, that was great. So me who's like, but things aren't lined up and like, we can't be here at this certain time. So like, how are we going to make it work? Like, you know what? Just, just get the ball rolling and it was worth it. So. And th- and that's true because sometimes honestly, just even in life with how life works, if you're waiting till the perfect plan, sometimes you get stuck and you don't get any movement. So something is better than nothing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I got uh, one more for you guys, if that's good, based off uh, something we were talking about with the sermon from yesterday. And 
you know, Nehemiah, he faces this opposition from the way Pastor Jeff said it, without and from within, you know, and so did Ezra, actually, when uh, it's about 70 years earlier in his uh, story of rebuilding the temple. But so he gets, Nehemiah experiences opposition from people who are not part of the community, who are just making fun of them, ridiculing them, really, uh, about, well, you can't really build this wall, and the builders, you know, they weren't qualified anyway. Nehemiah was a cupbearer, but most of the builders, Pastor Jeff said, were merchants, goldsmiths, perfume makers, so they're not, they're really not contractors here doing this. And then, um, you know, he talked about opposition from within, and how sometimes that's even really more hurtful, because you can consider the source when somebody maybe doesn't share your beliefs or values, so you're like, well, okay. But when it's from within, how difficult that can be. And he talked about how you allow those voices, how much really room you give them in your mind and how much are you listening from God, which actually has been a theme kind of throughout this series too, is like listening to God's voice kind of. I think he really said that in the first week a lot too. But, you know, Pastor Jamal, you brought up a good point uh, that, you know, sometimes not always just having a critique isn't always a bad thing whether that be from the outside or the inside. And I actually had this thought too, even like kind of saying, Pastor Jeff said, you know, Nehemiah wasn't trying to convert his critics. He was trying to follow God's uh, will, which makes sense. But I was also thinking too, like, well, when the world ridicules or criticizes, how does our response influence them? Like, you know, or, or like you had brought, you had said the example of like, hey, I'm starting a business as a Christian and then you have a Christian business, uh, a non-Christian business owner say, hey, here are some good ideas for your business. Um, you know, how much is like we need to sometimes listen to those voices and then other times when it doesn't make sense, like, why, why would you do that? Why would you give your money away like you're a business? Why would you do that? It's like, well, I know you don't have the values I have, but I have a, I'm following God's will. I'm following God's call. This I need to do this. You know, so I guess I don't have one specific question. Or I, maybe I have two. Like one is like, that when it comes to those outside voices the way we handle ourselves how does that affect like like isn't that still part of our witness in some way and then also kind of going from what you had brought up earlier pastor jamal like well i guess how do you differentiate when it's a critique versus a criticism you know what's the difference maybe what's the difference maybe maybe sometimes will we pass off a critique that can actually help us, but we're saying, oh, well, they're criticizing me. Oh, well, they're coming against the will of God. Like, I just got to focus on God. And it's like, well, they're actually not coming against you right now, though. So I know those are two separate things. I don't know if you guys want to weigh in. Yeah, no, I think um, the key is, right, ridicule versus critique. The idea that, you know, one is offering empty words that are just, you know, putting down what you're doing, and then the other is offering words that, you know, are the, 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 where they're trying to be helpful. So I, I think that's one way that you tell the difference between those things, you know, whether it's inside or outside, whether it's someone from who, you know, shares faith with you, you know, or doesn't. I just, so my brother-in-law at one point wanted to do uh, YouTube videos about like, you know, uh, sp spots to eat in St. Louis. And so um, he had, it was like early on in the, he had like a couple videos and shared it with somebody who was at his job who was like yeah i watch youtube videos you know like you know and so my brother-in-law was like oh cool will you check this out he's like sure and so he watched it uh came back the next day he's like yeah did you watch my videos he's like yeah and he's like well what did you think he's like 
um are you open to some critique and he was like uh, yeah sure dude this guy had a list he's like you need to do this you need to do this yeah this is why you need to do this you don't need to do that here's why and like my brother-in-law said he walked away from it like he's like this is my coworker. like we do the same thing at work like i never would have expected this guy to but he said the things that he offered him helped make his channel that much better and i think um <clears throat> you know it'd been different if he's like bro your voice is trash like you know yeah. like I, yeah. like whatever you're doing on this mic it's booty you know like or um you know your camera is you know whack like i think those are you know like i don't know he's coming at maybe he's coming at him that way like you would probably receive it different but if he's like you know oftentimes you can tell the difference between a critique and a criticism because a critique still manages to keep the end goal in mind right and, uh, and, and a ridicule is just there to tear down so I think that you know That's take really those good. take those things into consideration. It could help you, you know, because I think sometimes what we tend to, we can do is because we're a little sensitive. Sometimes we can take a critique and pass it off as ridicule, and yes. then we miss an opportunity to get better because our feelings are hurt. So I think you know, like it's hard. Have, it's you, hard sometimes. You just gotta you gotta you gotta allow for okay well what's the goal here or, and then uh, pastor jeff had already mentioned he said you know consider the source you know who is this person that's talking to me is it somebody who's a trusted friend is it somebody who's you know um you know in the same page as me you know or is this just like some random person like you know you know or is this a person that complains about everything sure right right right, right that right, matters right. too right so like you know taking all those things into account i think um can help you to better maybe differentiate between uh, critique and and how you say ridicule. something matters too <laughs> you know you can be like offer something that's honestly true but if it's just kind of like then yeah, yeah. then it's of course it's not going to be received you know so those things matter too yeah know? how you say it really matters i always think that like you can literally use the same words but the way you say it changes the meaning completely there's so many examples you can think of but like oh like what's wrong with you or like what is wrong with you like one is like oh are you not feeling okay is there something wrong like but the other, the other one's like you're dumb you <laughs> you stink <laughs> you're the worst and I'm if like, you and if you don't believe us ask those two questions to your spouse walk up to your spouse one day and say what is wrong with you <laughs> and see how well they Give you feedback, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe wait, maybe I should rephrase. It. Is there something wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could be like, "Is there something wrong?" Or you could be like, "Is there?" Well, I don't know how do you say. Is there something wrong with you? Yeah, is there something <laughs> wrong with you? But yeah, so those things matter. Those things matter a lot. Cool. Well, guys, appreciate the discussion. Appreciate your time uh, hanging out, chilling on the podcast. Uh, I guess real quick, don't have to spend a crazy amount of time, but did you guys finish Falcon and Winter Soldier? I did. The show? <laughs> I did. How do you, uh, if you're listening and you didn't finish, you know, I guess we're going to have some spoilers. So just in case, but did you, guys, did you guys like it? You think it ended well? Did it end the way you wanted it to? I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm not sure. Okay. Okay, so first of all, the Falcons slash Captain America's new uniform, costume, whatever, came across as really bulky to me. Uh, 
yeah, yeah. Like it just looked like it was. It's got a lot going it on. It would be hard for him to really fight the way he was fighting in that, you know, big shoulder things or whatever. And so that led to kind of a. I think it was a video. We were talking about like Black Panthers, or was it you? I don't know. I was talking to somebody. You, no, you told me about that. Yeah, but so, it was before. So part of me was thinking about Black Panthers. Black Panthers. Be- okay, wait. How did I get here? I got here because of the fact that it appears that the uniform came from Wakanda. Yes. Um, so if his uniform came from Wakanda. Or the wings. Or at least the wings. Or at did. least the wings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I took it as his entire uniform was in that mm, box because too, that actually, actually box didn't look big enough for wings. Mm. <laughs> so I, but, but whatever, I assumed it came from there, but I, I just, uh, I thought it was his whole uniform came from that, his whole new uniform. And when you look at Black Panther, Black Panther's uniform was very sleek and very form fitting. And it did offer him quite a bit of protection, you know? Um, so when he put it on it and it was like the big shoulders and the big chest pieces, I thought to myself, it just looked bulky to Wait, me. Wait, because I do have a question. So Black Panther, he is not enhanced, right? I know the flower he is enhanced. Like, he, he is enhanced. It, so it that did give him. Difference. Oh, he power. is a little. He get, so he, the, the flower gives him powers. But I thought it gave him like fortitude, kind of, but not necessarily like I think, super strength or I, something. I think it gives him it gives more him strength. I don't know if it'd be on the same level as like Thor and all that, but it definitely gives him more strength and, a little bit. Okay. and more fortitude. I think in comparison, he's he's like a super soldier, basically. Oh, but okay. so like, right. in comparison, he's more of like a super soldier build. That's why when you see when they in Infinity War when they're fighting against. Um, Thanos' army is coming through the sector and everyone's charging. That's why he and Captain America kind of peel away from the group because they're yeah, they're yeah. super soldiers, basically. See, yeah, but I guess uh, because of the whole with the show, I was thinking like, well, oh no, I think because you had said that originally about the Wakandan suit. So I was like, well, maybe the vibranium suit from Wakanda would like make up the difference of he's not a super soldier. I'm glad that he didn't become one. I think that makes sense. So then that's when I was like, oh, wait, maybe Black Panther, maybe he wasn't at all. But, okay, no, but he was. He still was. So, like, even, and even in the comics, it's, like, the camaraderie between Steve Rogers and T'Challa is because they are like, they are similar. Okay, that's the sense. They kind of have a similar vibe. But anyway, um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, the suit, though, is vibranium. Like, the Black Panther suit is vibranium, and then it has, like, some other features, of course, of, like, yeah. absorbing, like, you know, well, that's what kinetic, yeah, yeah, yeah. kinetic that's energy, what and then re But I'm saying yeah. his his specific suit absorbs and then... And it, it gives him the ability to... Expulses it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is pretty awesome. But, yeah. yeah. I, 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 thought, I thought it was good, the, the ending. Yeah, I guess I felt the same. At first... That's exactly what I wanted because I think we were talking about the suit uh, before the finale. So as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Yes, that's what I wanted." The wings, mm-hmm. the red, white, yeah, yeah, and blue, yeah, we the shield. About, was he gonna have the wings or not? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy he had them. So I, I'm happy that it's all the way. I but love then, the way that he even used them to brace himself. Yes. When he like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the, yeah. So yeah, it's definitely his take on Captain America. So I like that he's. He is Captain America, but he's also not just like a copycat of Steve Rogers. He's very, he is himself, but he's Captain America. So I like that. But I did start then after the reveal of the suit, I was kind of like, yeah, I guess it is kind of 
to go big and bulky. I did see that it was reminiscent of several of Cap's previous suits, like Winter Soldier with the lines here. The first Avengers had the lines here. So he had like all the elements of like all the different suits, which has maybe contributed to being like a little much. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked it. So we've also gone back. We watched Winter Soldier, Captain America's Winter Soldier. We watched uh, Civil War. I watched Age of Ultron recently, okay. like a couple of weeks ago. I think I may watch the first one. So I'm just kind of like hitting them all up again in the order that we feel like. So the one thing I was hoping for <coughs> uh, 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 is at the end when the U.S. agent gets his new costume. Yes. Which I, I, I like the way it looks. Me too. Like I, I, I like those, those colors together. But he actually has his own shield. Okay. He ends up with his own shield that is actually a, I think it's adamantium and something else mixed together. You know, like a steel or something like that mixed together. So I, I was waiting to see... Like, does he get a shield? But he didn't. Yeah. He didn't have it at the end there. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping maybe U.S. Agent shows up in future movies. Yeah, I feel like he can. I feel like what I don't know what the next Avengers is or when that'll even be. But now you can have Captain America in the next mm-hmm. Avengers movie, and you're not gonna say, "Oh, so he's just Captain America now?" Like. It'll be like, yeah, well, in the show, he, he, that's how he became Captain America. So same thing if U.S. agent shows up in a movie or something, it'll be like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, in the show, that's where he right. came from. Yeah. I, it seems to me that <clears throat> I know people are like, oh, want a, a second season of WandaVision, want a second season of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't think so. I think these are standalone shows Yeah. that fill in the gaps so that you have context when you see him pop up later. Yeah. And I, and I kind of like that. I'm okay with that. I don't think it needs a second season. Yeah. You know? Yeah, me too. I feel but, the same way. But, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah, it did not end the way I wanted it to end. Okay. It is what it is. Um, I would have preferred Falcon stay Falcon, Bucky become Cap. I really appreciated what they did with Isaiah Bradley, like, a lot. Um... I understood what I understood what Sam was saying. I, it's hard for me to call him Cap right now. I'm still processing. So I understood what Sam was saying in addressing, you know, I guess the world leaders. His big speech. In the yeah. streets. Yeah. However, I think it would have been better received, like, on Capitol Hill, like, in some sort of Senate meeting. That okay. would, I think, would have resonated a little bit better. They would have been, like invited him for saving them, and then he says, "Now he says, hey, everybody, yeah, yeah." Because just in the street, right there in that moment, feels a little like forced. Forced. I felt like it was a little forced moment. Yeah, like it's not. Uh, yeah. Hey, I just saved the world. What are you doing now? I'm gonna lecture you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. I don't know. So but. right, that just was funky. Um, I. Yeah, I, I, I just. Bucky to me I just think his character would fit better as Captain America because America in and of herself is complicated and Bucky is complicated that to me those two things go together Yeah, and I feel like Bucky is on this path to try and rectify things and, and put forth a better future in my mind, that's what everyone wants for America. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you kind of want 
that type of character to be that person. And I know some people are going to feel a type of way about it. It literally has nothing to do with the fact that Sam is black. It has everything to do with the character that's, that Sam Wilson is and the character that Bucky Barnes is for me. So See, but that, that's why I would say, based off the movies, and I told you this already, they, but they've always been setting up Sam over Bucky. And actually, it's because of, I would say, for what you just said, because of who he is, because Sam, I always felt was similar to Rhodey, who, like, Rhodey, oh, because I just watched the war last night, so it's all fresh anyway, but Rhodey, like, he's a soldier, and he loves his country, and he's also a war machine, which is sick and everything, but it's all always, like, part of the system still, and he he's a good guy, he's a superhero, but he's still a soldier, and I felt like Sam was similar he wasn't the same because he did help Captain America kind of off the books a lot. He was an Avenger, so he. W- but I still felt that he like had a thing for his country, but Bucky way did, more than Bucky did. But Bucky, Bucky, Bucky was a soldier before Cap was a soldier. Yeah, but he was just a soldier where like I'm saying Sam and Rhodey are like American, like where Bucky is. He's he's a killer, and so he's a great guy now. But, but like, all right, I, 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 I'm gonna, I disagree. I'm gonna push back because Bucky. I guess he was American first. But Bucky was American, was from Brooklyn, just like, just like Cap, and in fact, went to war, was a prisoner of war. Cap rescues Bucky. You're right, Bucky you're right. joins his team. They remember it's the first little group that, because I just watched First Avenger last night. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna watch so, it. So, so First Avenger, he you're right, you're he right. goes and rescues the 107 by himself. Cap does. And when he goes to rescue them, there's a one, two, three. There's the French guy, the one black guy, the one dude who j- chugs the beer with the like handlebar, mu- handlebar mustache, and they're all like, because they're basically uh, Agent Carter's like, okay, well we're gonna put together a team. And Tommy Lee Jones' character's like, yeah, I'm gonna pick some guys. And Cap's like, I think I already got my guys that I want. Yes. And he goes back to those guys and he says, I want you guys to be part of the team. And then he goes around the corner. Bucky's sitting at the bar by himself, and he, and Bucky and he goes. They're all idiots. Like he's like, he's like, what do you what do you mean? He's like, they all agreed to say. They all said yes. He's like, well, yeah, they said yes. He's like, you don't, what's wrong? You don't want to follow Cap? He's like, no, I want to follow the guy who refused to run away from a fight in the back alleys back in New York. Bucky is locked in from the beginning. Like that's why in my mind I'm like, no disrespect to Sam, and I've seen I see the work that Sam has put in. Bucky is. And then, and yeah, then, right. when yeah. they're on the see. train, the scene where Bucky gets lost, right? Yeah. When we're he disappears and eventually becomes Winter Soldier. Cap is on the ground because the one little machine dude with the the double cannons, boom, is like shooting in the train, and the the shield goes flying. Bucky picks it up and he holds it and he pulls out the pistol and he's like, pew, pew, pew. and then all of a sudden he gets blasted again. But he's not a super soldier, so he goes hanging out the side of the train. He goes yeah, hanging yeah, out the yeah, side yeah. of the train, and then that's when you lose him. But in that moment, he picks up that shield because he all like he believes in Cap so much. And even like just being honest, when you watch Winter Soldier, if you're talking about being American, Bucky is like, no, you. He gave you the shield for a reason. Talk about being locked into the entirety of what the symbol, the Which symbolism I w- of it all. I will say that did help me that Bucky was like he and Steve talked about the shield and they they were like, we're going to give it to Sam. That like helped me a little bit because I was like, yeah, did he just like pass over Bucky? Like, yeah, man, sorry. Like, no, Bucky, 
that made me feel better that like Bucky weighed in on and, I, and, 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 the, and and the his friendship with Steve too and like, what I, like that was I was gonna say one last thing and then I'll shut up but um you know Sam says uh, you know the, the the shield is complicated uh, you know as a black man I have a, a complicated history with this country Bucky also has a complicated history with this with this with the shield with this symbol and so again for me just in terms of like watching it from beginning to end Bucky I think is the guy especially because of where he went the 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 the, the journey of being the winter soldier to come back and be cap I think would be makes more sense for his character than Sam's but that's just me the one thing I want to throw out that I was just thinking about as we were talking it was forming in my head was I do think though when it comes to terms of they picked Steve not because he was a good soldier correct but because he was a good man correct yes yeah and I think Falcon fits that good man thing more than Bucky does I think Falcon's view of we can redeem people, I can... When he That's was, always been part of his character. Right. And how he was trying to rescue um, the Flag Smasher girl. Carly. Ca- Carly. Carly. And how he wanted to talk to You're her. Right. He didn't want to attack her. You're right. Like that, that I have hope. And even the fact that he worked with veterans... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like from the beginning, he was always he was working with veterans. Right. It's very much I have hope that this can be better. Which is is very in in the same. It's not exactly the same, but it is in the same vein as Captain America. So uh, uh, Steve Rogers. Yes. Um. So I, I. So I. I think he is more similar to Steve. Yep. Yep. But I do want to say that in the comic books, Bucky got it first. <laughs> he did. He did get the shield. I first. think that's why they they let him hold it many many times throughout the yeah. Again, rewatching some of the movies. And that and that's also like some fan and throwing then, that out to the fans too. Doing look, that too, which I'm okay with. It's right. They can do whatever they want to because uh, especially watching the show now, right? It's like Sam's out for the count, breaks his leg for I don't know six months or a year or something he just like can't or he's off planet like they literally can do anything it'll be like Bucky has to become cap for the next year and like like just picks it up they, they literally can just do whatever they want but yeah. alright let's wrap this up uh, because we're, we appreciate if you've listened all the way down to here this must be because you're a fan of, <laughs> of Marvel movies it's the only reason you're still around appreciate it we love you and we love Marvel movies but uh, <laughs> we're gonna wrap up this has been uh, Pastor Matt Pastor Jamal and Pastor Todd. <laughs> and Pastor Todd. We'll see you next time.